Hello and welcome to In the Village A Prisoner Intro Cast. Yay! We have finished the AMC version. Hooray. Hooray. Thank God. Energy up, people. Energy up. This is a pro day in our podcast. We've dreamed of this for so many weeks. We certainly have. And today we are going to be doing episode 6, Checkmate. But my name is Shane, and joined by John. Hello. And Aaron. This is not the announcer you're looking for. Hello, everybody. Yes. So, what did everyone Um, I think that if this episode had been foreshadowed at all, it wouldn't have fallen completely on its face. Holy crap, we knew what we were doing, even if it was confusing as crap. <sighs> so that's not what happened. Okay, well, we start with uh, a bus entering the village with some new arrivals. And number six, ask them where they come from. And they were like... The village. The village. But we're in the village. But you come from the village. That lady was very, very happy to be in the village. Like, yeah. oh, look at the village. All right, who's been, oh, giving, who's been giving you drugs and where can I get some? Yes, indeed. Meanwhile, flash, flashing sideways, we cut to the uh, Semicore office and we see Michael looking at the window and when, while a, a woman comes in saying that there's meeting with Curtis it's been 45 minutes. And that's the, um, that was the, it was the same actress who played, um, I don't know, did they ever give her a number? It was the one where, um, his brother ended up dying and they went to the sea. Yeah. And disappeared. Uh, give me, give me a bit. Which, in retrospect, doesn't make any sense. You mean like 99.98% of this entire series? Ugh. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't think she's got a number. Okay. Now well, we got that settled. Yes, indeed. <coughs> but, yeah, um, so, but, yeah, Michael realizes, go ahead. Yep. Uh-huh. I was going to say, Michael realizes, Michael realizes the memory. She winks. And then he leaves the office, and we, then we cut to the opening sequence, and we realize that the village is building more village. More village. Indeed. Breathe in. More village. Breathe in with me. More village. Indeed. Building and building more villages is more all the good thing. Now, now, in the context of the story, uh, Six does bring in a good point. If the village is all there is, how are they getting new people? How yeah. is there more and, village? Yeah. When he's talking to 313, um, she's like, I, I don't know. This just happens sometimes. We all just accept it because we're sheep. <laughs> also, he he gets a, a thing in the mail that says he needs to go to the clinic. Oh, yeah. But start at this point, yeah, at this point, why the hell would he go? I mean, they've already shown that they have almost next to no control over him. They can't make him do anything. You know, they've every single episode they've screwed him over in some way. Why does he keep playing along? Mm-hmm. Because otherwise they'll just force him to do it anyway. Yeah. 
I still maintain that somewhere in the back of his brain is some random chip implanted in episode, like, two, or whatever episode it was, he was drag screaming, I'm number six, at the very end of the episode. Yeah, they never did come back to that. Oh, no, they didn't. No. Anyway. Yeah. What I, what, I, uh, what I like is it says, please present this card at reception. Pray this to attend this appointment, which will lead to severe consequences. Please complete the questionnaire below before arrival. In, indeed, and one of them is number, yes or no. What? Yeah, that 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 is the top line. It's yeah. it, it's got it's got columns on the side and then yes no at the top and then I'm assuming probably I don't know or NA and the top yeah. one is literally number. And the second one down it, is it, marriage. It, numbered Mary. Oh no, it's just yes no and it's like the next column is another set of com- number yes no married yes no and who knows what else yeah I know but yeah number yeah but number six is um ill and increasingly ill yeah because they've given him a death certificate or something or yeah something like that because apparently the village can do that yeah well this is number two we're talking about are we really surprised Again, with the way everything works out, it doesn't make any goddamn sense. No. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, three, uh, 313 is also drawing some blood. Um, and seems back- shocked by the results. But yes. doesn't seem to tell him what the results were. No. No, he's just going to randomly die, apparently. Whatever. Yeah. And um, we cut back to where they're building the more villages and 11, 12 and number 2 are having a nice conversation and number uh, number 2 wants 11, 12 to um, have a relationship and continue the family line. <laughs> Subtle. Yeah. And number 6 um, says has his death certificate in hand and says what the hell is this? And yes, and I have a bit of a uh, conflab. And the uh, woman we met earlier is really, really happy to see number two, and yep. doesn't have a pen, but he just yep. paints two on her coveralls. Yeah, exactly. She he wants she wants an autograph of two. Yeah, so she gets the paper. But she, as you said, she doesn't have a pen or piece of paper. So she literally takes the paint pot and draws number two. Yeah. Now, I was thinking about this when we when I was watching the episode, but uh-huh. have we ever seen to do anything? What do you mean? I mean, well, you know, in the original series, we knew that he was... The twos were some sort of administration, right? Yeah. Because there was this big overarching conspiracy between, you know, who's the wardens, who's the guards, and, you yeah, know, yeah. we're keeping these people here. Yeah. In this version, we don't have that. Yeah, I mean they they mentioned it in like what episode two I think, but then you know everybody kind of just forgets about it. So, what exactly is it that makes two so important in this village? Isn't two actually like number one, but he's number two because like that's what they claimed. Yeah. I mean that that's that's what the kid said when suddenly number six became a teacher. That two is actually number one, but. Because of a humbleness, he's actually he calls himself number two, and that's yes, all we got. Yes. Okay. Anyway, moving on. Um, 
We cut to 313, putting her makeup on, and she has the uh, flash uh, thing of, in the mirror of somebody saying, Don't look at me. And <coughs> it cuts to uh, 313 on the swing, confabbing with number two. And she says, Don't let them in. Or don't let her in, I should say. Yeah, it's something about you can focus if you. You can keep her out if you focus. Yeah. And she's talking about how it's getting harder. Mm-hmm. But then the way that scene is shot, it's implied that two isn't actually there. Yeah. So is is three one three going crazy? I mean, again, from hindsight, at the end of the episode, we we know the answer to that question. But yeah. you know, up to this point, we've never had anything like that. I mean, no. she's we know that we know that she's a dreamer for whatever that means. Yeah. Um, we know that you know she uh, she's obviously had some sort of very proper upbringing, but yeah. you know we don't we haven't gotten any clues that she's crazy. So yeah. again, I don't know. This series is frustrating. <laughs> yes, it's almost like they were writing it while they were shooting. Yeah. Well, you've seen the doc- you've seen the documentary that's on the DVD. I haven't. Uh, we we can talk about that at the end. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Let's get through this uh, steaming turd. Okay, that's cool. Uh, well, we cut to uh, after that. Um, we cut to eleven twelve, putting some um, putting some flowers on No No No's grave. Well, number six, who seems to be dying, is lynched. Oh, I can say lynched, and that's not the right word. Folded up and folded up on the ground in the corner, resting against the headstone of fifty nine oh three. Now, was fifty nine oh three important anywhere in the story, or is it just a headstone? Because, because the guy, the opening guy, and the the guy who was supposed to be Patrick McGowan in the beginning, that was thirty three, right? Yeah, I think so. I can't remember that far back. I'm honest he's, with you. He's blocked it out. Yes, I have. <laughs> Aaron, do you have the IMDb up? It's up. We're asking about nine oh nine. No, the uh, what was the what was the number of the old guy who was escaping in the beginning? Uh, hold on, that's gonna episode one. Welcome to the IMDb podcast. Okay, yeah, well, welcome to the IMDb for the IMDb because this thing makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, ninety three. Ninety three. Yep. All right. Excellent. Brilliant. Okay, so the headstone he's leaning up against has no significance whatsoever. No. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so that they, the number 11, 12, and number 6 have a bit of a confab, as I said, talking about, well, talk, talking about. See, this conversation was yeah. kind of confusing for me because he, he makes mentions of things that I don't think were included because he's talking about how, you know, we can all get out of here. Um, you know, you just have to tell me what you know, but what what does 1112 know that 6 doesn't at this point? Practically nothing, really. I mean, the only thing he really knows is um, M2. Yeah. yeah. The connection with M2 in the village. Yeah. 
So, I mean, what's the big secret he's trying to get out of eleven twelve at this point? Beats me. Aaron, do you yeah. have any, Aaron, do you have any any thoughts? No, no. Maybe he thinks eleven twelve has more or something. I. We've been saying this the whole time. Either there's some very loose connection that was meant to be something and it was completely rewritten the next morning, or... Okay, well... We... have a flash sideways, and we see, um... Michael... Uh, uh, going towards... going to, to, towards his meeting. Then we... That's literally on screen for about five, six seconds. And we have number six walking through the village... And seems to be in so much pain, he has to sit back down again. Yeah, he wants into um, one forty-seven. Yeah. Although I did like that the fact that he sits down right next to the window full of clocks. So yeah. subtle, guys. Subtle. Yes, indeed. But uh, anyway, um, my point so was that we, um, we meet one forty-seven. Wonderful uh, little bit there with 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 clocks. Yes. Yeah. But um, he makes mention that uh, he knows a guy who's got cures. Yeah. And then he gets six into his cab, and they do a transition to the to the real world yeah. in quotation marks. And it's um, uh, the same actor, and yeah. for some reason Michael is now getting feedback from the village because yeah. he calls the guy one forty seven. And the guy's like, no, I got half past 11. Yes. But they both end up getting in the car with the same character and end up taking a drive. Um, Practically exactly the same thing that's happening in both the yeah. British world and the reality world. Yeah. Um, anyway, he ends up taking him to the really seedy nightclub, which is, again, out in the middle of nowhere because the village is in the middle of nowhere. Yep. Um... And then they just kind of go to the bar. They Dude, everybody really knows anything. the guy with all the cures is always in the bar. Come on, John. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but they don't actually go to a guy with a cure. I mean, the, he sits down, a guy comes up, starts speaking in a, in a different language and rubbing his back, and then uh, eleven twelve comes in again. Mm. I mean, again... A plot point that goes nowhere. Mm. And we're so, and all the world we keep cutting back to the uh, real world with one well with the real one four seven driver Michael around, and we're saying how good uh, this Curtis is. Yeah, Mr. Um, Curtis. Yeah, Mr. Curtis is amazing. He's a great man. Helped turn my life around. Exactly. And he's to- and uh, he's also telling Michael about how the um, uh, you know Harold's uh, got these uh, got this kid and as soon as he's feeling uh, if he if he keeps up the good work he can, he'll yeah, be able can, to see his kid again. Kid again, yeah. And what do you know? It's nine oh nine. Yes, yeah. So Michael goes into this big office uh, building. And then we cut back to the village world with um, 11, 12 getting drunk. And number six approaches him. This, this constant number six Michael thing is getting on my nerves, if I'm honest with you. Please, expound. No, just trying to... Uh, <coughs> well, just trying to 
just doing it for the podcast. You know, one moment I'm calling him Michael, the next time I'm calling him Six. Mm. Well, if you want, you could just call him Six. No, no, but I'm trying. To, I'm trying. I'm trying to differentiate. differentiate. Yeah, differentiate between the village world and reality world. Because I'm kind which, of like that. But which one's the reality and which one's the real world? We could save that for the end of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. It's the village. <laughs> they're all they're all on drugs. Spoiler. Yeah. You don't want me to go all Matrix on your ass, do you? You know Kung Fu? <laughs> Show me. Welcome to the uh, Subtly Matrix podcast, everyone. <laughs> Today we will be talking about the uh, representation of uh, Trinity in the series. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, I don't. I don't want to wake up. I don't want to take the. I don't want to take the. Um, I don't want to take those pills. All right. Um, back to the uh, back to the episode. Um, so that I have a bit of a confab, and basically, at eleven twelve, wants to get drunk and tells um, um, number six to um, bugger off. Yeah, and he makes reference to um, he's got something he has to do, but he's not yeah. drunk enough for it yet. Yeah. Um, and also, this weird, like, dying sickness that Six has seems to wane and wax. Yeah. You know, depending on, you know, the scene. Because sometimes he's hacking up along, and other times he just kind of looks out of it. Yep. And then Michael um, goes into what I thought actually was an office building, but actually it's not an office building, it's actually an apartment building. It's a very impressive looking building. Mm, it certainly is. Yeah. It certainly is. And he sees um, uh, M2. But not M2. Exactly, yes. And he meets Mr. Curtis, who is... Number two. Yes. But not number two. No, let's stop it. We're just going to call it Ian McKellen. Yes. Meet Ian McKellen. Yes. Um, yeah. So um, they do a brief pan around the apartment he's in now, which yeah. is... To be honest, we only ever get to see that one room, but it looks very nice. It's yeah, a nice it's place. It certainly is. Yeah. But we see, um, like, Helen's psychology degree, I think, or, like, um, something like that. Something like that. We definitely, we definitely see her... Um, Graduating. Yeah. She's a very smart lady, apparently. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Ian McKellen slash Curtis slash two mm. uh, starts explaining that um, she wanted to uh, understand the mind, basically, and the different levels of consciousness. Um, yeah. Anyway. <clears throat> well. So pro- prolonged pause for brief remembrance. Yeah, let me let me go back and try and dig through the alcohol induced comas I tried to do after watching episodes. <laughs> I would, I would, and while you do that, I would just say that um, while he's had, well, Michael's having a meeting with Curtis. Well, where have we heard the name before? Um, um, we also at the same time are cutting back to the village where um, number. Eleven twelve has a pillow in his hand. Bum bum bum. Indeedy. And he totally kills his mom. Yeah, which is uh, to be honest with you, it was, it was it was actually something I wasn't expecting. What were you expecting? I wasn't expecting her to die. <laughs> yeah, eleven twelve kills her. Yeah, which is really kind of sad. 
Yeah. <coughs> so yeah. So but yeah. So but uh. Number but that explaining what to Curtis is explaining to Michael what number what the village actually is. Which you know, again, kind of falls flat for because as it turns out, the village is a rehab center. Yes. Well, now that, that cat's out of the bag. But we, yeah. but uh, they don't, they don't ever mention for what though, do they? Other than that, Sumacore, like they identify them. They, from what I understand, because I went back and I watched that scene a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, that and the the conversation they have later in the car. Um, basically, what they're doing is Michael is identifying people with psychological problems, and then. They are using Simicor's research to have those people basically uh, to have Curtis go out and meet these people and get an impression of them. And then somehow M2 is able to transpose a version of them into the village as their idealized self, which reflects into the real world, which helps these people overcome their problems. Mm. Because they're able to focus on things like civic duty and family without having to actually worry about the consequences in the real world. Yeah. So basically what you're trying to say is that the village is the ultimate placebo. Uh, Kind of. Um, It's like... You know how some people go on weekends and, like, hit each other with, with blunted swords to get all their aggression out and then come yeah. back and they're like, hey, I feel a lot better. It's like this. It The village is like that, except it's all the time. So a part of you is in the village because Curtis met you and somehow his wife is able to take his memories, put those people in the village and have them in some sort of totalitarian state because that's always conducive to people's mental health. Yeah. Or something. But um, Michael slash six ends up bringing that they're doing this without people's permission and that uh, then two star two slash Mike two slash Curtis slash Ian McKellen talks about how they're doing it for people's greater good because it helps all society yeah. and that he was important because he was able to see the changing pattern of people because of the village and for that reason they put him in the village yeah. and then uh, um, sorry uh but, uh, M2 M2 can't maintain the dream anymore because reasons. And that's, that's, that's why we're getting um, those... Um, sinkholes. Yeah. Because I, I, I was going to call them plot holes, but yes. It's, it's the same thing. Yes. Yeah. That's why we get our plot holes with the <laughs> pigs. Yes. It could be cured by pigs. It's fine. Indeed. Anyway, um... But basically what it boils down to is he has been, he as number two has been grooming six to love the village so he'll take over for him. 
And it turns out that Rover is just a manifestation of Six and his, like, animalistic fear of being contained or something. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, does somebody else want to take this? <laughs> uh, I was going to just... I was just going to move on and say uh, that uh, number two meets number six at the clinic. Number six is obviously almost dead. And number two taunts him with a couple of riffs. Yeah, they like, what hymn do you want? And, like, I'll have the whole village out there for your funeral. There won't be a dry eye in the place. Yeah. Indeed. And number two goes home and realizes his lovely wife is dead. And screams at 11, for 11 troll, but he doesn't know where he is. And they go, then, number two, uh, and all these bodyguards go to this that seedy club and find number 11 12 hung. He's hanged himself. Now that, that actually surprised me of uh, 11 12 killing himself. Yeah. I, I, you know, that's quite a, quite a powerful little scene if you, if you, uh, probably the best scene in the entire series. Not just, not just this episode and talk about the entire series as a whole. Yeah. Yeah, I could definitely say that Eleven Twelve has probably been one of the few characters that's actually gotten some plot development. Mm. I mean, granted, he doesn't get a lot of screen time, but he's actually had a character arc. Yeah. As opposed to Six, where he's just kind of banging his head against the wall. Yeah. What do you think, Aaron? Yes. I mean, yeah, the, the scene, of, of all the scenes, this is probably the most powerful, but mainly because it, Ian McKellen is a ridiculously good actor and let's be let's be honest he's pretty much tried to carry the entire damn series on his back um so he doesn't uh, go to the so he, <laughs> he sees him number two goes to the cd club he sees number uh, 11 12 hung and then um he puts him in state have, no. have we mentioned the fact that that 11 12 doesn't actually have a real world equivalent we haven't, no, but you're you all right. That yeah, eleven twelve was basically a creation for the village. Yes, yes. Because yeah, Curtis yeah. couldn't deal with not having a son. Yeah. No, it was it was M two wanted a kid, and uh, that's uh, filler stuff for the end. Because so, um, they don't bring it up in the show, but they do bring it up in the little documentary I watched. No, oh, I was I was just reading it off the Wikipedia. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, um, um, so where were we? Uh, we cut to, um, what do we cut to? Um, we have two goes and sees 147. Yeah. And he shows up in the back of his cab and talks to him about losing a kid. And they. No, we, we don't get, you haven't, we haven't got that far. We've got 313 in the clinic. Oh, yeah. In in state, a la Lennon style? Mm. No, we've got, th- we got 313 in the clinic, and she's uh, everything goes dark again, and she's looking at the um, knife from the side. Or the, and, the scalpel. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. And we cut to a church. Yeah, with a little girl singing hymns, and then someone yeah. putting a box on her head. Yeah, now we cut to... Uh, 
number two going into the number two going into the cab, and but they have a brief conversation about the pain of losing a kid. Yeah, and then two tells him that there will come a day soon that he'll have to um, talk about who can save them, and that yep. it's one forty seven's job to say it's six. Yeah, which is the this is, I believe, the only scene that's a callback to the first episode when two tells one forty seven to watch six. Yep. Correct. Yep. Okay. Um, and he he agrees to do it, and then we cut to the uh, real world, and Curtis and Michael are having a drive around New York, and they have a quite. A, Long conversation about how good the how good the village is, and Michael Curtis is pointing out those the people that the village have helped in an effort to convince Michael to return to Semicor. Yes. And Michael is not pleased at this at all because they're doing it without their permission, and Curtis seems to be quite surprised. About then, yeah, because then he points out that. Uh Michael was the one who was able to see the pattern, and that's why he's important to uh, Semaphore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they, make, they make mention of something about how he was a lonely man, and that he... Part of the reason, I guess, Six is trying to escape is that Michael doesn't like being confined all the time. Confined or something like that? Yeah. I, I don't know. <sighs> They they didn't really elaborate that much on that. Mm. Um, but yeah, so but at the end of the conversation, uh, Michael gives um, no Curtis gives Michael the, uh, an entrance card to the building in the vain hope of that he will he will uh, Michael will come back. And then we see number six walking through the village, and he and he kills over. In what seems to be his last breath. Bum, bum, bum. Yep. And uh, 313 and number 2 are having a meeting, saying that they don't... He doesn't, She doesn't want number 6 to die. Because she loves him or something. Something like that. And number 6... Number 2 agrees. With conditions. Yep. Which we find out later. Yeah. So, number 6 gets picked up. By the people in the bands. And they cure him. Indeed. Of his mysterious plot convenience. Oh, yes. Uh, fever or whatever. Yep. <laughs> you will stay in the village or we will kill you in the village. That's that's how I took it for most of the episode. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Well, don't they, don't they say something like that at the very beginning? Oh, probably. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, so then now we cut uh, to the next day, and 11, it's 11-12's funeral. And it's a state funeral, for lack of a better term, with every single member of the village all turned out in white. Except for number two, who is uncharacteristically in black. Yes, and he um, makes a uh, decision. Mm. Yeah. Um, something I thought they were going to come back to, and they didn't, is mm-hmm. when the when they were showing the guest book for the funeral. Yeah. Uh, two ra- two 
goes to and then slash and then keeps writing something. Yeah. And we never get to see what he was writing. Yeah. It's kind of irritating, to tell you the truth. I mean, seriously. Yeah. Well, while the funeral's going on, in the real world, Curtis and Michael enter a church, and we meet the real world, the, the real world version of number, th- of 313. Yeah, Sarah something. Yeah, who's having a, who's having a complete mental breakdown. Turns out she's an abuse victim. Yeah. Crazy. And, you know, this, this might just be a nitpick on my part, but I'm getting really sick of seeing the whole, you know, abusive church family trope as the reason why people are, you know, crazy. Yeah. Some people are just crazy because of, well, you know, like mental dysfunction or, you know, sometimes it's genetic. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you don't always have to go back to the shorthand of, oh, abusive, you know, religion, organized religion is bad because of abuse thing. Just, I don't know, personally it's annoying. Yeah. So anyway, she's got a rag doll and she's stabbing it with a fork. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then we cut back to eleven twelve funeral in the village, and uh, two does the whole. Um, you're actually all prisoners here, and six yep. was right the whole time. Speech. Yeah, yeah, indeed. There's nothing he can do to stop the holes. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, number number two actually tells the truth, which is a complete one eighty from his position before. Mm. Yeah, but is it the truth? Well, if you want to take this into a Matrix um, allegory, then yes. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, I'm taking the blue pill. I can get out of this mess. Yes. <laughs> Let me forget about this mess. Anyway. Yes. What I loved about that scene is when that little kid picks up that rock and it hits number two on the head. Oh, yeah. It's all his fault. Yeah. Didn't you know? Yeah. And because of, the, because of that rock... We've got that lovely uh, number two gets a lovely cut above his head while com- while explaining well com- proclamating that number six can solve everything. Of course he can. Number six. Yeah. Which uh, and then one forty seven starts up with his bit of how six is the only one that can save us. Yeah. Which. I suppose they're trying to do, like, a, a peer pressure thing, maybe? Yeah. But at the end of the, at the end of this whole sequence, it's not, you know, public opinion that sways him. It's 313. Yeah. Indeed. Yes. Yeah. But, um, but after all, number six um, agrees to be the new number two. And, uh... 313 just, um, agrees to be the... the the new uh, dreamer. Yeah, that's what I was looking for. Although, you know, we do finally get a payoff to that grenade. You were saying, going to say something, um, Aaron? No. Okay. I, I, at this point, I was just so ready to be done with the series that I just started fast, like, putting it in quick time. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, we've only got a, we've only got a couple of moments left. So yeah, but um, and well, in the real world, uh, Michael is putting his hand out towards 
What was the three one three is your name again? Sarah. Uh, Sarah. It? Yeah, thank you. Um yeah. And Sarah collapses in uh, crushes Sarah collapses in Michael's arms while in the um village world three one three is taking pills and kisses number six and they both collapse. Yeah. That's Sarah in the real world and three one three in the village world and number two takes a grenade out, puts it in his puts it in his um mouth. Yeah, and pulls a pin out and in a great bit of special effects he explodes. They finally made use of that grenade. Yes. Then we have a we have a very, very, very quick montage. Um practically of the entire series in backwards yeah because reasons I don't know yeah um, but we do get to see um, Curtis and uh, the real world's equivalent of M2 Helen I think her name was yes it was and those two get to be reunited yes while they... while the uh, uh, Michael takes over control what seeming seems to take control of cor- the uh, control of Semicore. Yeah. Just doing what they're doing. Um, Surveillancing people. Yeah. As usual. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, while in the in the um, and the village world, number six seems to be quite comfortable in his new role as number two, and is in the white suit, along uh, and sitting on the. Uh, Sitting, sitting on the sand along three three one three, saying how much you can. Uh, they need to do the village right this time. No matter the cost. Yeah. Because yeah, that kind of mentality always works out well, doesn't yeah. it? Even though what I did like about that final scene actually, when Michael uh, becomes the boss of Simical, um, is mm. that the uh, noise of the door as, as it opens up. Is exactly the same noise as number two's door in the original series. I don't think I noticed that. Yeah, I didn't notice that either. Mm. Noticed it last night when I was rewatching this. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is that. Oh, thank God it's over. Hooray! I hate you, Shane. I'll hate you forever for this. Yes. And I bet you guys hate me after all that. <laughs> Strongly despise, yes. Note to self, never visit America. <laughs> Just don't come to Virginia. <laughs> anyway, um, that seems like a good place to take a break. It certainly does. And when we we'll be talking about, well, we'll talk after this break. We'll talk about the. Um, uh, documentary of Sister K. John. Yep. Uh, there's a couple of other things I want to chat about as well. So you enjoy this ad, um, ladies and gentlemen. And we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Nukcha, the host of Nutty Bites. And hi, I'm Tech, Nutty's regular guest. Or antagonist. 
Our podcast is like a call-in show where geeks get to debate topics about speculative fiction. We don't really debate. Sure we do. We debate topics such as lame superpowers, the best villains, and our favorite apocalypses. We're more of like rant, rave, and then have massive nerd rages. People call in from all over the world, sometimes minor celebrities, and we've even had some supervillains show up. Do you ever notice that you never have any superheroes or good guys? I'm a good guy. Compared to what? Uh, antagonist. Not really a guest. Matty Bites, So, welcome back to this final episode of the AMC remake. Right. Uh, yes, indeed, indeed, indeed. So, first of all, um, John, you've seen the uh, documentary? Yes. The behind-the-scenes documentary provided with the DVD. Yeah. So, do you want to tell us a bit about it? Um, most of it is just... Um, Pretty generic uh, production design stuff. Um, okay. Like how all their New York um, shots were actually done in Cape Town, South Africa. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, they uh, did some set dressings on um, a couple of uh, different corners of, of uh, a couple of yeah, a couple of different streets. They dressed it up to look like New York. Um, I personally thought it thought it was a pretty good one. I thought. Yeah, I thought that was a pretty good, uh, I mean, I'm sure if I had thought about it, I would have realized it wasn't New York, but while I was watching, I, it didn't come to my mind. Um, yeah, but they were, um, they were talking about during the, the production that, um, they were talking to the actress who played 313, mm-hmm. and I'm forgetting her name off the top of my head, but, um, she was talking about how, um, She's never really done a production like that before because um, she was getting major plot updates for her character as they were they were uh, filming, and mm-hmm. she also mentioned that they were doing um, uh, rewrites the same day that they were shooting. Oh, so I'm so you know the final product I think shows overall with this series because. They bring up and they drop plot points. They don't... Uh, this whole thing about the, the village being, you know, in the mind, that should have been foreshadowed way at the beginning. They should have been dropping hints of that the whole time, but they weren't because they didn't think of it when they found, when they were shooting that first episode. Um, but they were, they were also talking about they, they spent um, a good deal of time in uh, shooting between Cape Town and... Um, the uh, uh, the city where they actually did the filming for the village, um, but you know, it, it seemed like everybody was having a good time because apparently it was like an over nine it was like a ninety three day production cycle I think for okay. six episodes and Jim Cav- uh, Jim Caviezel was talking about how when he was doing Passion of the Christ that was a you know like. Uh, you know, they, they, they did like a 60-day production cycle or something like that. So, anyway. Um, other than that, um, it's it's pretty standard. They do a brief interview between the kid who plays uh, 11-12 and Ian McKellen. And Ian McKellen is just an incredible witty man. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, it, it's just him talking about his experiences with um, uh, different acting and uh, he makes joke at, jokes at other people's expense over the size of their trailer. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, um, they talked briefly about set design, and I thought the set design in this series was beautiful because mm. the the city they actually filmed the village in that that is a very pretty town. So overall, a um, quite interesting um, documentary, though. Um, yeah, for the most part, cool, brilliant. I think just the most telling thing is the fact that they brought up that, you know, they were doing rewrites as they were filming. Mm-hmm. Um, they were talking to one of the executive producers, and she was mentioning that she thought that, um, uh, it, I don't remember her exact wordage, but it was something about how, like, this version uh, stays true to the original village because of conspiracy. And I'm like, you, I don't think she's actually seen it. Yes. <laughs> Um, but they did bring up Carl Jung, if you guys know about that, know who he was. I don't know. Um, Carl Jung was a uh, psychiatrist and psychoanalyst in the um, uh, early part of the 20th century. He died okay. in 61, I think. 60, yep. 61. 60, 61. Yeah. But um, he is the guy who popularized the idea of the collective unconscious, mm-hmm. which I think if they had put more time and energy into peppering this script with that kind of stuff to where it was, we were foreshadowing the fact that the village is, you know, inside somebody's head. Um, I think the the series would have been a lot better. Just the, you know, Anyway, my, my my point was that uh, I'm sorry, I'm going off on a tangent. Um, a lot of a lot of Carl Jung's theory or theories was talking about introversion, individuality, and um, the different layers of consciousness, mm-hmm. because everybody kind of nowadays kind of recognizes that we have a conscious mind and an unconscious mind. Mm-hmm. And Jung stated that if if people can believe in those two, why can't there be more? You know, why can't there be a third level of consciousness and a fourth level of consciousness? So I think that maybe somewhere during the production cycle, somebody mentioned Carl Jung and then they wrote him into the last episode because uh, they're trying really hard to make the village deep and it's really just a kiddie pool. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Anyway, that that was my take off. Okay, cool. Uh, next thing I want to chat about is uh, next thing I want to talk about. I sent you the um, um, I sent you the uh, the advert last night. Uh, did you? Yeah, that thing you guys were talking about last night. The car ad. Oh, the, the, oh, the, the, the Renault. Carl ad. Yeah, the yeah. Renault. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that all you need to escape the villages? A medium-sized sedan. Yes. <laughs> What did you what did you think? Um, welcome to advertising where we take everything that's popular and throw it into a commercial. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, um, we don't see Renaults that often stateside, so you okay. know, we we never get we never get commercials for that. Um, plus, you know, being you know, even with its extra national appeal, the village is very British. Mm. So, um, you know, I was going to go somewhere with that, and it has completely escaped me. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Medium-sized sedan can easily outmaneuver Rover, apparently. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, but, yeah, um, uh, 
the commercial ran for about three months, and the basic concept behind the advertising for the car was that um, most people were actually driving uh, family saloons, um, such as the Vauxhall or the Ford, um, the, the Sierra and the Cavalier were top-selling uh, models at the time. Um, the Renault 21 was just that little bit different and would, that would, would theoretically appear to someone who didn't want to be one of the crowd, an individual, as you might uh, say. So what you're trying to say is the people who drive that model of Renault aren't a prisoner, they're a free man. Yes. See, yes. Multi-levels mm. of thing going on here. <laughs> of thing going on. Yes. Um, but to, for, for people who haven't seen that, and I will be putting it on in the, uh, on the Facebook group um, at the same time this episode goes out. Uh, but for people who haven't seen it, basically, um, as a commercial start, we go through... Uh, two double doors into a number two's office um, and we see a number two who's quite sinister mm. and they have some visual surveillance on the village and they're in, um, in Port Marion and we see a chess game and we see uh, a black suited man wearing a penny farthing badge with number 21 on it mm. and he goes towards a, the Renault 21 and he drives off in the Renault 21 against, um, well, the thoughts of the number two. And he's, number two is quite angry, so he pushes the red button. And we see Rover. And Rover launches. And Rover bounces, out, bounces around and he misses um, the car. Then another Rover is launched. And, uh, and follows the car around. But. The car goes into a tunnel, and the but it's small enough for the car, but too big for Rover, <laughs> and can't get through the tunnel. Yeah. And the tagline on the uh, advert is "Escape to the totally new Renault 21." Huh. Again, so apparently all we need to get away from Rover in the village is a mid-sized sedan. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, there were three locations used in the filming. First, first the, the replica of the original's number two's office, which is partly a miniature and partly a full-size desk unit, complete with globe chair. Uh, well, that was built in Shepperton Studios. Uh, the initial scenes were filmed in Port Marion, with the entire chase scene being staged away at a lake quarry. Um, they tried, reportedly tried to get uh, interest Patrick McGowan into doing the commercial, but they were, quote, not... Uh, not successful, unquote. <laughs> uh, the villagers were extras from Port Marion's own staff, and Rover this time round was actually made from fiberglass. What? It's not one of the original weather balloons. No. Oh. Well, I don't think it, that would have worked, a weather balloon bouncing down the side of the rock face. Mm. That's true. I wasn't aware that the village had a rock quarry. Yes, nor did I. Yes, yeah. So, yeah, so... Yeah. But, yeah, that's the remake done right. <laughs> uh, how long is that, like, what? 
Yeah, it's the whole ad is less than a minute long. Still yeah. better than the AMC version. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed, they, that's about that's just over a minute long. Apparently, the the entire advert cost a quarter of a million pounds. What for that? Yeah. What the hell were they spending it on? I don't know. What? Cost a quarter of a million dollars to make that. No, a quarter of a million pounds. Okay, so like three million dollars to make that. <laughs> yes. Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. So we chatted about that. Probably uh, get into our final thoughts. Then, yeah, huh? we better get into the final thoughts of this episode and of the re- the remake, the re the reimagining, whatever you like to refer to this as, as a whole. Sorry. Said the remake. Yeah. Let's make Aaron go first. <laughs> yes. All right for Please ratings. Ratings of episode six. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, episode six. Uh, thank God it's finally over. Uh, ten out of ten. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> just because it's over. Um, no. Uh, I don't know. It, it, uh, of all the episodes, this kind of seemed like the only one that... I don't know. It seemed like it was the most put together of everything. Or maybe I was just actually happy it was finally ending that I put more attention into it. But it, uh, of all the episodes, it, it, it feels like it was more put together than kind of the others even if it was kind of maybe a little bit rushed, but the whole six episodes, it's a six-episode miniseries. It's not going to be oh, wonderfully perfect in every way, I'm sure. Plus, they the whole rewrites every every day that we've mentioned here and there. Uh, overall, I guess I'll give it a uh, three out of ten. Okay. Shall I go next? Uh, if you want to. Well... I have to say this is actually one of the better episodes of the remake. Okay, so it makes absolutely no sense and you have to have some huge jumps in logic. And nothing that's set up in this ep- or pays off in this episode that they set up in previous episodes. However, there are some great scenes like um and unexpected scenes like eleven twelve killing his mother and then we find out eleven twelve has hung himself which I found quite shocking, so I can't give really a low score too much. Not like last time around when I think, well, I've given this a one before now, and I can't give it that low. So I'm going to have to give it a three, I think. Ah, so that leaves me then. Mm. Um, Well, (sighs) we have to agree with Aaron that this probably is the best put together episode out of the remake um honestly the whole series should have been like this they should have been dropping hints from episode one they should have been laying in the whole unconscious thing actually explaining what those damn dreamer things was about instead of just dropping it all on us at the very end um um you know, just because, you know, this episode shows us what the series could have been, I'm going to have to go ahead and give it a two. Okay. I'm sorry, John, John what did you say? I gave it a two out of ten. All right, two out of ten. So, I guess we move on to overall thoughts of the series? Yes. And, um, yeah. It was a mess. I think we've pretty much summed it up throughout <laughs> the entire yes. recording of, of, of this this segment of our podcast. It was a mess. 
and nothing more needs to be said. And they hate me. <laughs> we don't hate you, Shane. Just strongly dislike you. Okay. Um, I would like to point out that in this version, the village wins. Yeah. Uh, we never get a number one of any shape or form. I know we talked about that earlier, but um, also you know, it this isn't Six's story. This is number two's story. Yeah. Because the only the only two characters who get any kind of character arc are eleven, twelve, and number two. Um, you know, sure, number two gets a happy ending, but it leaves three one three in a functional coma, and uh, number six becomes you know a monster again. With you know, we we mentioned the rewrites and you know the lack of consistency, and because of all that, the the big payoff in the end that it's all just a big dream world kind of falls flat. You know, I mean, you know, whether something is good or bad, especially in a like film or TV, you know, probably the the worst thing you can do is just be kind of meh. I mean, if you're bad, you know, at least that gives people something to talk about. But this this series is just so middle of the road. It's just kind of bleh. You know, it's it's there. It happened. It's got nothing really to redeem itself, good or bad. So, yeah, I think that's probably the, the worst thing you could say. Overall, ham sandwich out of ten. Ham sandwich, and not even good ham sandwich. Like not over left, not leftover Christmas Day ham sandwich. Like the cheapest deli ham sandwich you can get. Yeah, with no mustard. Oh, it's made it even worse. Yeah, it's just meh. It's it, meh. it's sustenance, I guess. Yeah. Maybe a sprinkling of mayonnaise. Really, really thin mayonnaise. Yeah. Lots of good mayonnaise, but the knockoff brand mayonnaise because you're a little flow on cash. So, oh, yeah. All right, I think I think we've summed it up. Uh, I think we have, yeah. I think you have. I mean, <laughs> so, unless anybody has any closing remarks. I can't, well, I, I haven't given my overall review, but I'm going to have to agree with you guys, and I'm going to give it a... Um, I'm going to give it a cheese... Um, Cheese and pickle sandwich. Cheese and pickles? Pickle. Pickle sandwich. Yeah. How would you pickle a sandwich? You put a pickle on it, dude. Oh. Cheese and pickle. Gross. Ah, you British people are weird. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure we are. I'm sure we are. Um, Americans are weird, too. Yeah. All right. Uh, next thing is to talk about what we're doing next. What are we doing next, Shane? We are be doing episodes one and episode two of the Big Finish <gasps> uh, remake, and this is actually a proper remake this time. But Shane, what if there's someone in the audience who doesn't know about Big Finish Productions? <laughs> well, very good, very good point, John. Yes, very good point. Big Finish Productions are an amazing uh, company who have been doing um, audio dramas for many, many years, all the way back to uh, 1996. Uh, they're best known for their Doctor Who line. However, in over recent years, they've gone into um, Big Seven, uh, Sapphire and Steel, and many, many other, and many, many other um, um, areas. Um, 
And they recently did an audio version um, of uh, The Prisoner. And that's what we're going to be reviewing next time. Me and uh, me and John have, have already heard um, the episodes, haven't we, John? Um, I have listened to all of them except for episode four. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, Aaron, you haven't listened to any of them at all? Nope. Yeah. Being the lazy bum that I am. So lazy. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but if any of our listeners want to go find them, they can find them by a simple Google search, or does somebody have the actual URL? Uh, for Big Finish? Yeah. It's BigFinish.com. Yeah. They are the, um, uh, I should point out, uh, prisoner is, they are quite expensive for, so, for our, uh, yeah, so for UK listeners, the CDs uh, are forty pounds, and the download is thirty-five pounds. And for our American listeners, Aaron, mm. the CD would be fifty-six ninety-six US dollars, or the download is thirty-five US dollars, according you. to the website that I am staring at right now on my computer screen. Brilliant! Thank you so much. Yeah, uh, but yeah, they are. Um, they 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 are they're quite a bit expensive, but they are well worth the money. Uh, yeah, and you get to, you get four epi- you get four episodes, two two of them being almost eighty minutes long, and two of them being an hour long. Uh, you get uh, a, a, a two documentaries as well, and and they've all and they've all and they've um. Uh, already announced a season two coming out next year. Uh, also, if you go to the big, if you go to the um, big finish website, you can actually listen to um, about thirty minutes of the first episode for free. Um, so, so yeah, so that's um, so yeah. So, so just go to bigfinish.com and search for the prisoner. And so you know, try try the. Uh, Try the uh, extract out until it's 30 minutes long, and it's, as I said, overall, you know, it's slightly expensive, but it is well worth the money if you want to buy the complete set. Anyway, that's next, and we'll be doing the first two episodes of that, which is Departure, Departure and Arrival, which is episode one, and episode two is called The Schizoid Man. Bum, bum, bum. So, yeah. Well. Let's hope it's better than the last schizoid we watched. Yes. Spoilers, it is. It's totally better. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. Anyway, uh, so all, uh, if you want to email us, it is uh, the prisoner intercast at gmail.com. Uh, but yeah. Uh, I want to thank the band you not sent me on my darling for that. I to use the music. And I think we are done unless anybody else has anything to say. Tune in next time for when we cover something better than what we've just been covering. Uh, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everyone. Be seeing you.